Congratulations, Biz, a top 100 coach as of this week. Welcome, everyone. We're going to be dissecting a top 100 side here with uh, your host, Biz. Now, Biz, let me know straight away, what was it about your team that's made it so successful so far? Well, I'm honestly going to just say it's been the guns and cows approach. Uh, it's something the two of us are really big on. And, you know, for the history of playing fantasy, we've had se you know, several top 10, 20, top 30 finishes. You won in 2013. That year I came about 10th. Like, we just always have based on guns and cows. And then the last couple of years, I've fallen away a bit because tried a bit of a money ball approach where I've built spreadsheets. I've tried to calculate who's value, who's, you know, 10 points overvalued, etc. I've just decided I'm sick of falling outside the top 500 last two years. And then I just said, you know, I'm just going to not do any, not overthink it. Guns, fill the rest with cows. And you can see my team composition. I've got guys like Cook, Murray, Haas, um, Papali, Cleary, uh, Turbo at the back. Um, and they were just supplemented with really some really crap fantasy scorers, as you can see. I'm in the top 100. Somehow I've got Harley Smith Shield sitting here. I've got a terrible emergency of Katoa, Dury, Bostock, and Talal. Uh, it really goes to show that if your guns at the top are scoring well, it doesn't really matter what you've got sitting at 18 to 21. So, yeah, cash generation could be a bit better, but really can't complain. Yeah, no, it's not perfect. Absolutely. And you can still win without it being perfect. I'm just looking at this team here and let, let's talk about a few of these guys because I'm not seeing Isaiah Papali in basically any team at all uh, across the board. Can you explain your rationale on a guy like him? Yeah, look, if you look just here at both Pop, um, Damian Cook, 6.1% ownership, and I know that the ownership's hidden behind our faces, but 6.1% and then Papali is 5.1%. They're very low ownerships for guys who have averaged 65 odd in the last couple of years. And the way I thought about it is like, these guys are just going to plug in 60, 65 again and no one owns them. Like, that's a no, that was a no brainer for me. Like, they never left my team. And I've been really happy because Cook, he's averaging what, I think 63 now. And then Papa Lee is about 62. That's great. Right. And I skipped these guys that a lot of blokes like cheese. He was the most bought player. I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, he's 570-odd K. He'll play 60 minutes. What's really his ceiling? Even if he averages 55, he's not the highest-end hooker. He's making you 100, 200 K, but at that price, that 100, 200 K takes a lot longer than starting with a guy like Cartwright who can make 200 K in like three weeks because he's starting at a lower base. And so really I, I, I started with, okay, guns and then my back or oh, sorry my reserves were just like cardi ford i started the year with preston which is a good thing um had doing in my reserves genius. Sweep, call so. it a genius move of foresight what why no, did you pick preston? No, i would just call it luck honestly but tell I me why you like, picked him I though please or something okay I, I look yeah look i just thought i saw his stats in reserves he averaged 50 plus in reserves i looked at his highlights he was like six foot five, a lanky bloke. You're only a Sean Lane. I'm like, well, looks good. <laughs> Pangai got hurt. Barmanu Brown was named at lock. I genuinely thought that the most likely path was Brown gets benched. RFM goes to the middle and Preston starts. Preston also dominated in the preseason. Uh, Reed and Gus came out saying Preston's their breakout player this year. I'm like, well, screw it. 
230k. I might as well chuck him on number 21. And he played 50 minutes week one, scored 20 odd. No one cared. Got the starting role the next week, scored like 70 odd. And now he looks like a guy who could average 50 55 second row. So sometimes you just got to go with your guard and make those calls. And if they pay off, great. And I always talk about it's better off starting with riskier players because one trade to take them out versus bringing in riskier players in the middle of the season where it's one trade in, one trade out. So hey, it's paid off pretty well for me this far. And this is how I've always played when I've done well historically. So um, yeah, look, fortune favors the brave, I guess. It does. It does. But then on the other side, you've got some guys here that everyone's sort of gone with. So you hopped on the Sean Johnson train. You know, Zach Hosking was the big buy last week. You grabbed him. How do you decide? which trends to hop on and which trends to leave behind yeah look i try that's a great question and on sean johnson i want to shout out my mate akil who we were discussing heavily burden or sean johnson and we weren't really sure if burden had lost the goals for good so we went we both went sean johnson and then he came out with like a 75 and a 90 so really happy with that but what we look at is really um recurring stats so things that can actually be repeated week in week out so players are averaging 50 55 but they're scoring a try every week like other than flash in the pan seasons like turbo 2021 like that stuff doesn't happen but sean johnson for example he was a guy who's scoring 20 points from tackles 20 25 from kick meters five like five to ten from goals five from meters gained and then attacking upside stats on top that to me was pretty safe um, versus a guy like Burden who relies a lot more on attacking stats. You could easily get a 20-25, whereas Sean Johnson on a bad day, unless he misses 10 tackles, he's probably scoring 40-45 at minimum. And he also has a pedigree when I looked through his stats over the last five years, he was averaging 55 plus even when he was playing not as well at Cronulla, for example. Um, so that's like a criteria I definitely look at. Like, And then... There's one thing that's a bit underrated, and I don't have him, but Tyrell Sloan's a great you know, example of this is some players, especially in attacking positions like your backs, they can just get hot. And that throws the recurring stat out of the window because they can just get on flat, like you know, flashy runs where they're scoring tries every week for five, 10 rounds. But that's all it needs to go up 200 to 300K. And you want to get on those guys... Um, quickly so i miss tyrell i wish i got on him but you can't get every cash carrot you're obviously going to miss every single one uh, i'm sorry you're going to miss at least a couple you're not going to get all of them but yeah that's how i see it i would try and bank on the safer ones but if there's a prospect that just has me thinking well like for example hosking there was a lot of risk around him because we don't know if he's got his spot if Garner comes back but at his price in the team he's in, at the scoring pedigree, I was like, well, worst comes to worst. He plays one week. I'll deal with him next week and trade him out at that price point. But always try and take a longer-term view of things. Um, don't make trade... Like, a lot of people trade out Cleary in round three because he had a buy. Like, why would you do that? Like, you've got a keeper who's going to be there your whole year. If he was injured for a week, you wouldn't trade him out. So why would you trade him out if he had a buy, Right? There's the same thing with other players, like who might be trading out David Feeder last week or, you know, someone. Mm. But these guns, they can just come out and put on like an 80 plus the next week and you're just like scrambling to try and get them back in. So don't do it. 
Just hold on to them. Like Papali's going to buy next week. I'll hold it. I want to throw another question at you because you were talking about Sloan there. Another guy I'm thinking of is Hammerstone, Tabuai Fado. A lot of people have him. Uh, we both gave him a miss this year. Uh, when you're looking at a guy like Hammerstone and then you're looking at a guy like Lachlan, Lachlan Miller, who was less popular, why did you choose Lachlan Miller over Hammerstone at the higher price point? Well, I saw simply going back to the recurring stats item. So mm. I looked at Hammer and a lot of his stats, even at fullback, were just really pure attacking stats in terms of tries, yep. try assists. When I looked at Lockie Miller in his short, I guess, span uh, in first grade, but also his reserve grade stats, he just had a significantly higher work rate. Like he was making 200 to 250 meters a game, five to 10 tackle busts. That to me is a lot more sustainable because if you're running that much, you're inevitably going to bust tackles, right? Like it would be strange to me if you're cracking 250 minutes a game and not busting at least two or three tackles, right? Maybe it'd be hard. To- <laughs> it would be a Tolman or Twal type play- yeah, style game. player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's yeah. Blake Laurie's, Alex Twal's. Maybe they could do it, but not Miller yeah. at his speed. And that's pretty much it. Like I just had a bit more faith in Miller. Look, uh, Miller versus Amisa is a tricky one because Amisa is a center. And as you can see in my centers, I've got some real problems. So I, if I had to sacrifice Miller, if I was to start with Amisa, I'd probably do it, to be honest, because my center position has not been good. And I feel like fullback's an easier position to fill. The one regret I do, not regret because it still worked out fine, but the one thing I probably, if I could do it again, I'd probably have gone Harry Grant over Cook. I just thought that would be a five to six point divide between them, but it actually looks like Grant's outperforming Cook right now. Um, and that would have let me upgrade someone like a Timmy Martin who I started with to like a Hamisa, and I would be doing fantastic. I'd probably maybe ranked in the top five or ten. But like I said, look, hindsight is easy, right? Like, you know, you can't make every single call. A, a lot of it is at the, this is like these ranks here come down to luck, admittedly. Um, but yeah, so look, I guess that really brings me to what to do next. Like, yeah, well, let's let's make some. I, calls. I don't know. I, I don't have a. Good. I don't have a center this week. I've got Alan Waddy, but Harley's been dropped. Boast off well, last let's week. Let's look at trades, man. Let's look at trades right now. Well, what are you going to do for trades? This is a live decision making process, so you guys are in for a treat. This <laughs> is tricky because the smartest decision for me would be to trade out someone like a Bryce Cartwright or a Katoa, bring in a gun center like Jack Bird or Connolly, and then get in a catchy like Nick Arima who could still score 35-40 and plug them in over, say, you know, one of these guys in my reserves. But I don't actually want to do that because I'm thinking, like I said, a week ahead. And what's the biggest priority on most teams right now? It's Nico Hines. So I need the money. So I'd rather sacrifice at a center position because even the best centers have dodgy games. So I really need to keep guys like Eli Katoa and Cardi in my team to cash them out next week to go to Heinz. So really, what does that leave me? So I don't want to trade out green ticks this week because I've got enough you know, suspended or injured players. Like I've got Harley Smith Shields, Dury, Bostock, and Salah all doing nothing for me. So what can I actually do out of them? Really not many great options, but this is what I was thinking and the logic behind it. So I need a center. Harley goes out. And Dury's pretty much, look, Dury, 
he's not a necessary trade this week, but his break even's 23, and he's pretty much a 25, 30 point scorer anyway. So at 340k, he's not doing much. So that gives me a bit to play with. So I need a center, right? And I really can only afford, say, 400k or below. Uh, so, like, for example, if I was to fill in this position here uh, with, like, a base price player, just just hypothetically to fill something out, say Nicarima, for example, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, say Nicarima. So Nicarima comes in at 250k. He'll probably average 35 on while he's there. Um, but that only leaves me 374k for a center. Now, I have to get a center this week. And it's not ideal because centers suck and the cheap centers are even worse. But I mean, let's look at my options here and let's go through the rationale. So I've got 370k. Sorry, I've got 374. Okay. Vilea, look, great talent. I had him last year, but he is a pure attacking stat player. He can get you a 61 week and three points next week. He's pretty much just a better Harley Smith Shields. I don't want that smoke. Skip. Tane Milne, no, he's. I don't even know. I don't even know if his name this week, and he is a hothead who could miss time. Pass. Jesse Arthur's not going to see the top team uh, too often unless there's injuries. Pompey, he's an interesting one. He's pretty solid, averaging thirty, but three sixty k. It's just not that alluring. Like you're just paying for what you get. Isaac Thompson's an interesting one. He's in my he, team. As well, so a lot of people have told to get him, and he's in a good team that are really good at using their wingers to score tries. He still has a bit of a tough run though, and he is one I'm considering because of that dual position. I'm just still worried about Tane Mill because if Thompson doesn't play too well for a while, Milne can come in. And if you look at Thompson's scores, it's like 40 15, 40 15. Now, that's pretty common for a center. And I might end up going Isaac Thompson just because of that dual position. And he's got a very friendly buy schedule, but he still has a pretty tough run for the next five, six weeks. But a lot of people are pretty high on him that once the run ease up, he could average 40, 45. He's I'm sure that you, just on Thompson, he has not passed the eye test. And I'm no. someone who drafted him in a few leagues. I just thought South winger, he breaks a ton of tackles. He's going to be that guy, but he hasn't passed the eye test. So he could be at a 40 average. You could also be dropped next week. Like both yeah. are realistic outcomes. Exactly. And I've got enough dead weight in my centers that I really don't want another red dot there. So I would probably yeah. skip him. Same with Junior here. Like he's a good talent, but he's playing for a terrible team. And look, he could get dropped. Tigers, they've got a bunch of winger center options. Admittedly, none of them too special, but Nofaluma's still hovering around and he's a gun player when he wants to be. He could reclaim that spot pretty easily. Um, Stafford Teller, same thing. This is my guy. Uh, it's not great, but it's uh, Mr. Remus Smith. And really the reason I'm considering Remus is it still leaves me 40K for next week. So a bit of a Heinz fund. He's a lock for that role. No one's taking his spot. He's going to play every game there. He's averaging about 25 odd without really doing too much. He scored 37 last week. And he can be a bit of a try scorer, but he's the type of guy that once I bring him in, he's probably going to be a reserve center for most of the year, unless he like has a try scoring spree where he gets up to 500k and he's worth cashing out. 
but he's not the worst 18th man slash 21st man for a backup center because he's solid enough for a 25-30 and he'll be around. He doesn't play Origin. Um, he's had an injury effect in 2022, but he had a pretty good 2021 when he first moved to the Storm. He averaged about 37 on. If he can even average me 30 plus, like that's great. And I'm like, like I said, I'm in the top 100 with Harley Smith Shields as my center. A guy averaging 25 to 30 is perfectly fine. And like I said, if I have to sacrifice one position to make everything else better, I'd rather sacrifice center. And you know what? The war goes to plan this week. No one gets injured. No one gets suspended. And then Nico Hines enters my team next week. And happy days. But yeah, that's Maybe what I'm thinking. Talau comes back next week too. True. I don't know. Even if Talau comes back, well, he's got the buy next week. But if he comes back the week after, Talau's just a garbage scorer in fantasy. Like, unless Tigers get hot, I'm not expecting much from him. Hopefully, he get to 350K with a fluky double or a hat trick one game, but not holding my breath. But yeah, look, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sure many people disagree. I'm thinking I'm shooting myself in the foot. Uh, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up what I'm thinking for trades. I'd love to see what you think that I should be doing. Leave a comment if you think that I'm doing it wrong. Leave a comment on what you'd rather be doing. Um, or leave any kind of comments you want to see in, in terms of my team or if you want me to cover certain things or strategy in more detail. Always happy to help out new players and beginners. If you think like a strategy video would be handy. It's a bit late for that because teams have already been made, but definitely something to keep on our radar going forward. My last question for you before you go, who's your captain this week? Cleary. Oh, I don't even have to worry about that. Who has he got this week? It doesn't even matter to me. Like, I didn't even care. Who have they it's got, got Manly. It's going to be clear. Perfect. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Manly don't like playing defense. Um, there's some <laughs> options. I could go Murray, Haas, Papali, Cook, um, arguably even Turbo. But Cleary, he's just got... He's just the type of player who doesn't score poorly. He generally plays 80 minutes. I think this will be a competitive game. Man, he looked pretty good in the attacking side. And he's just entering form. He's a 70-plus two weeks straight, almost 80 both weeks. Uh, he's not too far away from the 100-plus score, so I'll be keeping Captain Cleary. Love it. Thanks for showing us the team, Biz, and let us know in the comments what you would do with this team if you were in charge. You are in the top 100. See you in the next